This is episode 13 of the Gamify Everything podcast. We talk about everything in beyond the metaverse. That includes the metaverse, but also NFTs, crypto, ecosystem partners, um, and, and get a chance for you to hear from thought leaders and innovators who are building the future of a digital economy and creator economy. So I'm your host, Marcus Howard, and today we are thrilled to be joined by Matt Sorg, who is the product lead for tech and gaming at Solana Labs. Everyone give a round of applause uh, digitally if you're, you're tuning in for Matt. Welcome to the show, Matt. Hello. Uh, good to be here. Awesome. Awesome, man. Thank you for making time. I think you just got back from a ski trip. Is that correct? Uh, well, a lot of trips. So we were, we're doing this Hacker House series all like, you know, until March 17th. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called Riptide. But uh, yeah, basically a bunch of cities and so I've been kind of traveling around. And in and, and part of that series, um, there's some computer community runs events. One of those is in Salt Lake City, so I was there skiing. Uh, it's called Mountain Dow, so it's very much like a skiing com Solana community-centric thing. Uh, so you kind of like jam. It's kind of a reverse of a normal hacker house. Instead of like uh, uh, staying up late at night coding uh, and like maybe like drinking at the end or whatever, like some, some degenerate like like you know stereotype, we <laughs> ski in the morning and then code all night and then repeat. And so it's uh, very healthy, very awesome. So I'll actually go back there next week. But right now I'm back in Seattle uh, for the Seattle Hacker House. Okay. So you're, you're in Seattle now, correct? Yep. Yep. That's, that's kind of like my, my home base. I don't bring the setup with me everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be cool if you did. You just got to pack it up and, and have like yeah. a mobile studio. Next level. <laughs> that's that's uh, your audio dampeners in the back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Awesome, awesome. So can you tell everyone who's listening a little bit more about your background, how you got into the space? And shout out to Stephen Lewis joining us uh, from LinkedIn. Thank you. Uh, how I got in the space. Wow. Um, so I have kind of a weird back. I started out in game industry, just like as a game designer. I have an economics background. Mm -hmm. um, I even like, so very much interacted with Web2. So I, my first job was just being a, like a game designer, making and uh, making a simulation game, simulations for sports managerial games. So think of like Madden NFL manager. But uh, in fact, my one of my simulations got sold off to Zenga's NFL manager. I forget the exact name. It's very generic like uh, product. So that was kind of cool. I was like, yay, I did something that millions of people are going to use. Uh, and we're kind of Riot, got wind of it, worked for Riot for a bunch of years. Uh, but while the, where I kind of started seeing blockchain is... Um, they were, they, we would give away these skin codes at, at conferences and, and, and packs and all these things. And actually, that's a lot of my packs badges back here from you know getting those codes. One of them was one of them was Pax TF, uh, and it was selling on some secondary markets for like four thousand dollars at one point. But it was kind of crazy because all it was was just a skin, like a code at the bottom of this like printed out thing. So you had no way of knowing if it was ever applied or not. So there's this whole weird economy where there, there was somebody sitting at a at that time like uh, TeamSpeak or something. Uh, and they would like be the escrow for you and they would make sure that the code actually worked and then they would pay the thing. Um, and I was like, obviously just a bunch of scams in that. So eventually we had to stop giving them out because 
people were scamming each other because they would just sell you $5,000 for something that you know was already applied. It was worthless. Uh, and then I started looking at uh, understanding like blockchain and smart contracts and what these things were. So my colleagues and I actually left uh, uh, in 2017 and uh, shipped in 2018 uh, a game asset marketplace on Ethereum. Uh, we were calling collectibles then uh, under the hood. It's, it's, they're, they're, they're called NFTs, and that's why that name stuck. Um, but yeah, uh, that's actually where I first got into it. It's just kind of like this reaction to skin codes. Uh, and then there was a bunch of other efficiencies we were going to try to do with it, like uh, bring the Steam marketplace off to like a little bit more decentralized. So it wasn't like Steam was controlling everything and being able to charge 30%. Um, there's a bunch of other 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 uh, aspects of that that we're trying to bring into play, and you know, just um, yeah. So that was a little bit too early, though. <laughs> you can imagine uh, there weren't that many games. So we had 12 games uh, on our platform. Some of them were actually top of, top 50 of Steam, um, but the ones that were top 50 of Steam, a lot of them largely got incentivized by uh, Epic Games to be exclusive with them at, when they launched their Epic Store. But great great experience. That's how I got into it. I worked at UD, did a, uh, started a different company in hearing aid diagnostics between then. Uh, but at Unity, I helped ship like a ton of games. Uh, and uh, yeah, I joined Solana uh, about four and a half months ago now uh, to, to, to you know, really expand the, the gaming ecosystem. Um, and I concentrate on making sure that there's enough tools and, and, and like basically the products flourish, like release good games. I'm glad to see that you had that background uh, in gaming because I think some of the criticism in the space is that most people who object to kind of blockchain, crypto, DeFi, uh, NFTs say that it's basically just like a cash grab and that there's yeah. not enough gaming in the blockchain gaming ecosystem. So your background is really helpful and, and a ton of credibility to you and the Solana team for bringing you on. Yeah, I, I think that is a pretty valid criticism too. I mean, I, I think whenever... You know, sometimes you ask people like why they're doing it, and they will give you kind of the, the standard reasons. And I understand why those aren't some aren't compelling enough. If it's just like scarcity and true ownership, whatever that means, and um, you know, if you just kind of have those and like the ability to buy and sell and trade and have marketplaces, that doesn't really capture the true essence of things. So I think it can understandably be a lot like kind of lost on the on on, on um, most audience. Like for me, uh, the real thing is you just have this open data. And anybody can program with it, on it, whatever. And so you uh, uh, can kind of build with your community. And that is the part that's really powerful about it. It's not the fact that it can be traded. I mean, you can trade stuff on, you know, on Steam and stuff. But the problem is it's like a closed platform. It's really hard. They would have to produce every single API that you would need to do something and then being able to API it back in order for that to, you know, be used on the platform. It, like, you would have to, like, be communicating with Steam and your devs on, like, everything. But if you just kind of put it as an NFT... Um, you know, it's kind of on an open platform that, that like the data is all there, and the, the, the all the game has to do is make sure that it syncs with that NFT, and um, there's really exciting things can happen. People can start putting that NFT in a DAO. People can start making little mini games on top of that NFT, and then that that activity is recorded on the blockchain, so the developer can see it. Like you don't have to produce all these other API services and connect them; it's just like all in one place. Uh, but that one place is no one controls it. It's a decentralized thing, so everybody can view it and read it in the same way. So that's that's the exciting thing. Um, it's necessarily just like the scarcity thing. Uh, uh, where is that? But that, you know, that's, it's kind of weird because like 
when you're getting movement from one paradigm to another, often it's incentivized by money. I mean, people need to build the stuff. Uh, so that's why it, that's where the friction is right now. You have this money is coming in to take this like money curing gravity part of it. And then, uh, but the value uh, is definitely there. It's just lagging the initial reasons that like the big companies are coming. But like, I'll, I'll tell you just like straight out, I'm, I'm seeing in the industry, people, real value is coming. Through, uh, and, and not just on Solana. Like, you know, obviously I think Solana is doing really great and I think it's drawing right, the right crowd. Um, but all over the ecosystem, all over blockchain, and I'm really excited about that. Me too. And, and I agree with you that that the scarcity isn't something that, you know, end users, be, them, be they, they gamers or game developers, necessarily care about. Uh, that, that just sounds like a, a PR spin or something that I think yeah, is more, more value to like crypto investors than actual gamers. Right. They'll eventually care about it once they understand what it means with all the utility of like, you know, when, when, when there's actual things to do that are interesting and enabled by blockchain that aren't enabled somewhere else. You know, things like, I don't know, having an open economy around user generated content or, you know, whatever it might be, or people being able to build like tournaments or, you know, guild structures. And I don't know, like imagine your raid guild instead of only having to like really have your guild leader like trust that they'll give the item to the right person. There's actually just a contract that it goes to and certifiably pays, like gives it out in the correct way. Like, and the, and, and the game dev doesn't have to figure out every single structure that each guild wants to do. They would just produce it as an NFT and then, then, then they, the guild can just choose from whatever pro, whatever whatever pro, smart contract they want to uh, divvy out that item to. So, so there's so many good things across the ecosystem that uh, people will eventually see what this means. But yeah, until then, it just looks like memes. <laughs> memes for money. Definitely, it's important to the developers. And I think developers would appreciate it more if they understood that, that open source ecosystem perspective. Because you're right, you know, if you look at Steam and, and a lot of major players in the ecosystem, uh, some of them do have APIs that they've published that are publicly available. Uh, some of them have, um, I would say, unpublished but still publicly available APIs, right? right. Like they, they don't tell you what the API does, but if you can find access to it or can reverse engineer oh, yeah. shut it, <laughs> shut it down. And I know a lot of development happened in this space that's that's kind of relying on that. Like they don't have published yeah. docs, but, they, but they're not shutting down access to the API. So if you can figure yeah. it out and hope it doesn't change on you, then you're that's good really to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so that's actually a really good point. I, I, yeah. I, so uh, two things there. Yes, there are APIs that exist. Like, and Steam's APIs are quite good. The issue here is that uh, Steam has to build a new API for every single functionality that they're building on top of each item. Even if they serve out the base a base item, that's not that's still not enough as, to match blockchain. Blockchain, you can literally like build, and then the next person that builds can build on top of that person. Because um, you can like build a guild that does a tournament that does some sort of I don't know shared revenue model that does I don't know some sort of like uh, skilled uh, uh, attribution thing with achievements. You know, it's like you can you can do multi layers, which with a single API you can't really do that. Um, so as, even as much as they expose, because like those, each of those successive steps would have to also choose an API and people have to do like this weird web. So it's not really enough for Steam just to produce one API. They would have to catch up to all this ecosystem. So they expose each augments to the thing. It doesn't really, yeah, it just doesn't work unless the whole thing's public. Do you think that they'll eventually see the need to move to a blockchain-based, you know, NFT ecosystem for that functionality? Because they, they've obviously like made a very public stance against blockchain yeah. games, crypto, NFTs, anything related to that, as has uh, Epic 
game store, Epic Games. In yeah. Yeah. This is in like HIO. It's interesting. I think, I think, I don't think, I'm not somebody who thinks every game makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's totally fine for a game not to choose this, this, this way of, you know, exposing it. Cause you know, it does come with some challenge. It's like, if you put more and more in your community, you know, they can do more things and, you know, communities, not everybody's always nice. Um, that being said, like this model, it doesn't have to, you can pick and choose as a developer what you host on your live game. So, you know, um, but, you know, the, there are some concerns on the, you know, self-custody is not an easy thing uh, right now. So uh, the customer service and other things, we, there's some customer perspective, uh, protections that are, are very real. Um, and I think Steam is pretty genuine, genuinely worried about that, maybe financially because they don't want to handle all those tickets. But I think the main thing they're worried about is the regulations of it. Uh, they, you know, they, they already have a store that, that's making people money and people are already laundering money, laundering money through. So they're kind of worried about having another thing they have to figure out regulatorily. I, I would say that it's kind of weird with a lot of these games. I bet you with, even with an itch, there's some people in there that are super bullish on, on crypto. Like if you're a gamer, you, you spend a lot of time in digital spaces. You understand the power of being able to build on stuff. Like I, I, there, there's a lot of people, uh, that, are both really for it and really against it. It's kind of like this weird thing within uh, uh, some of these companies right now. Like they're, they're literally like infighting about it. But some of the companies are actually really worried about it just in terms of, you know, lost time <laughs> because there's so much like discussion about it on the internal forums. Um, yeah, I, I think that's actually a very real problem. So I don't know. I, I, it'll be interesting how that part of it shakes out. But I, I mean, I think eventually uh, Steam will offer stuff it just you know as the thing matures it'll be like it'll be less and less of a big burden uh mm-hmm. you know because regulatory like you understand legally what like what you're entering into if you enter something and and all this stuff like will be kind of flushed out there'll be more wallet solutions that are a little bit less um uh burdensome of the user and there'll be like hybrid models where steam could do some of the self-custody or some of the custodial wallets for the users and things like that um I think I heard the same thing happen with Team 17. They announced that they were going to have a, an NFT-based Worms game, and then they immediately like backpedaled on it. And from what I read about it, there was some, as you mentioned, like infighting within the team because I think maybe the leadership team made the decision without even having a discussion with the, yeah. the development team or the, the company as a whole. Um, and so I, I, I could understand why people might feel slighted for that decision to be made without even having a conversation. Yeah, and then it's really hard when that happens to make it appear like you're doing it for the right reasons. You just go, it's just going to look like you do it for money. <laughs> you know, it's hard to make. Even if you generally aren't as a business, even you just like you actually understand the long term vision of your players developing with you and you know your community. I, I, I very simply, I like to call it like incentivizing value creation for your for your project. Like even if you see that vision, um, it can be very hard to like get over that hurdle with a lot of your company that you're not just doing it for money and scamming people. Yeah. I, I think, you know, to give credit to hundred thieves uh, for, for trying to help this mainstream adoption, um, you know, they made their NFT basically available for free. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that they're, you, you can't make the criticism against them that they were doing it as a cash grab. Now, you know, they, they've got to get some people in. So their incentive was to get a bunch of people at least into the ecosystem on the crypto side. But right, I, right. I think that would be, that approach would be more helpful for game developers. Yeah. 
Yeah, not not free, not not only free, but anybody can mint it. So right. it wasn't like it was scarcity for some sort of secondary trading market. They're like, no, everybody can just mint it as long as you're here, just like any any of our fans. And so there probably will be some secondary trading market, which will get value from it over time. So over time, I mean, they're going to stop the cap. I, I don't know if it's time bound, uh, but it is unlimited. So uh, there is some money involved, but they did it in a way. Yeah, I agree that that um, was very healthy. And I think that kind of thing can help change the narrative. But not only did not only did they do it, they didn't do it on Ethereum mainnet. One, because that would cost them so much money. But, uh, <laughs> but two, I mean, it, 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 like it, it still touches Ethereum mainnet, so it's still some sort of environmental impact, but like fractions of being on uh, uh, Ethereum mainnet by being on Polygon. So yeah, I think those kinds of things, staying away from the proof of work chains and and doing something that is very much like, hey, we just kind of want to get a sense of uh, you know, a ticket structure so we can, so anybody can see who's a 100 Thieves fan. Cool. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a bit about the difference between Solana and Ethereum for those who are joining us who don't know the space very well? And yeah. I'm interested to learn as well, too, because I'm still getting myself back up to speed after the three or four years I took a break away from, from blockchain oh. to, to dive into esports. <laughs> don't apologize. Uh, I, I found I'm pretty, I'm technical. Like, I, like you know, I'm CTO of a blockchain gaming company and I man even I took a little bit of time like when I say I started talking to Raz Tolley when I was like giving my intro I started talking to them maybe in like March those are the co-founders of Slime and I started mm-hmm. talking to them in March and like a bunch of other people and I didn't really join until like late fall and a lot of that was because I was doing my due diligence for a long time because I was trying to figure out like what was actually the difference between these things and what was actually real because it's so much. Uh, I'm like, I, don't, I hate to, to make this comparison, like the religious level divide on, on stuff where you can't really get the straight answer uh, unless you just like look through the docs and start playing around with them. So that's what I did. So I have a pretty good sense of the, the ecosystem right now. But anyway, uh, so you have this ecosystem where there's a bunch of what are called like L1s. Uh, you know, I don't know how one. your audience is, but layer ones. And those are mm-hmm. kind of like base chain. They are the ones that, uh, um, yeah, yeah, the main consensus layer of whatever that ecosystem is. And so some examples of those would be, yeah, like uh, uh, Ethereum is like the the the, the, the main possible example. But uh, us, so Solana, uh, Avalanche, uh, Luna's has uh, uh, you know a mainnet, but I don't know, Near is coming up. Uh, I don't know a bunch of others, uh, and then the layer twos. Um, you know, I've already mentioned Polygon because we mentioned Heart of Thieves, but another other layer twos are like uh, uh, Optimism, Arbitum, uh, Mutable X. Those are because Mutable X just announced uh, their partnership with uh, GameStop. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I okay, I'll I'll say the difference between us and the layer ones. Uh, so the, the layer twos are on top of Ethereum. So basically, they tend to be their own chains, but they'll uh, batch into basically a very efficient data structure that you can prove that that batch uh, uh, maps to a block. Uh, let me tell you how to say this. So basically at any given time, there's like a block on a blockchain. Mm-hmm. You can, uh, the way it works is there's like a data compression, essentially. Uh, it happens all the time in the internet. There's like a checksum, which is basically just adds up all the bits. And if the bits add up, then you're good. And this one is a little bit different where they're just doing a bunch of successive hashing functions. It's called a market tree. And basically you uh, uh, submit the this like just this hash, which is uh, this cryptographic way of uh, data compression. Essentially, you can just think of it that way. 
and it just submits that to the Ethereum blockchain instead of like all of the whole block. And so it's a really efficient way of, of submitting a bunch of transactions to the main chain. So those mm-hmm. are layer twos. They, they, they all do different flavors, flavors of that. There's Alchemistic and TK Rollups, but that probably gets out of the scope. But honestly, I got, it took me a little bit to explain it because uh, I, I don't do it every day. Um, but anyway, so that's layer twos that they, they, they roll up. Each of them tends to be their own main chain, though. So mm-hmm. I think it is, it is actually good for uh, just to talk about it from that lens first. So like Solana versus every chain that is trying to scale. Uh, we're the only ones who are doing it uh, as a uh, shared state. So basically everything lives in the same shared memory. So if I have a community uh, and you have a community and then there's another game and then maybe there's some esports, everybody accesses the same data so they can uh, uh, play with each other. Like if mm-hmm. you produce uh, a contract as part of uh, Gamify or whatever, uh, somebody else on the, on the same, anybody else in the ecosystem can use it and use that data. Uh, which is really powerful because you can start having very uh, interconnected communities. People are, talk a lot about interoperability, but this is one thing that's like, pretty necessary. It's really hard, even client side, to like get from another blockchain and have that um, work. But it's very, very hard uh, on a smart contract level. It's really hard to make a smart contract that can interact with uh, a block uh, uh, data living on another chain, even, even a sharded chain within the same ecosystem. So Swan is basically, that, that is the main thing that separates us from all the layer ones and layer twos, um, is that we're scaling by, uh, I, there's, I can look at the chat, but basically the, Anatoly, who's the kind of the technical blame child of it, um, wrote a bunch of, uh, like there's about eight things that we did. So we, there's bottlenecks in every, like almost every layer, not it, the proof history is kind of the, their branded, uh, consensus layer, uh, I, uh, improvement but there's actually uh other things that we did so it's not just the fact that um we have this leader schedule which is the proof of uh, history it's also mm-hmm. that we in that we also paralyzed the compute every other chain uh their main chain has a single thread so basically all the uh, the operations are happening sequentially uh on solana if they're non-blocking which is a way like a fancy way of saying that if uh the uh the people don't touch each other. Like, like you and I may trade, and then two people we don't know trade. They would be those would be non-blocking. But if like I traded you, and then somebody else traded you, or you traded somebody else, those would be blocking because it would be using the same uh, data. So if if it's non-blocking, those actually happen in player parallel in Solana. If they're blocking, then they happen sequentially, just like other chains. Um, okay. It's really powerful because like if some other thing isn't really touching what you're doing, it doesn't bottleneck you. you you're on you're you're on another thread. Uh, so yeah, it's like really exciting because as you know, you get more and more processors. Like Moore's law isn't happening in terms of its individual CPU speed, but it still is happening in terms of uh, other processors. So that's the way we're able to just scale with hardware growth um, and still maintain the state, which is really exciting. Things are happening. Like that's why there's an entire Dex that runs on Solana. It's called Serum. Mm-hmm. Produce a game, and you want to have your token be able to swap at any given time. You just call that Dex. Which already exists has plenty of liquidity. You don't have to worry about your your shard having liquidity. You can immediately do things like uh, I only want people to use my token. I don't want them to have to worry about having Solana or you know to pay the gas fee in their wallet. Uh, and you can have your contract go through that Dex, trade for the the Solana you need to pay for the gas fee, and then have it realize uh, all in one atomic transaction. Sorry if this got technical, but it's like it's actually very powerful. So the other, I think that for, for gaming communities like yours, if you have a gaming community that has some sort of shared ownership of anything, that 
those items can be used in any game on Solana. You don't have to you don't have to like make a new contract on the new shard for a new game and then have your 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 gamers play it and then pass items around and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's really like that may not that vision may not make a whole lot of sense today because almost most of the games are kind of in their walled garden. There's not much interoperability yet. But uh trust me, that kind of uh functionality is coming where that's going to be important for your community to understand where their assets are, which games they can use it and, and all that stuff. So that's why I'm here. Like, I think that's just like a super exciting vision to be able to have this very connected ecosystem where everybody's building together to make some awesome tools for each other and communities interacting with each other. I, I just think it's, uh, yeah, I just think it's awesome. Um, I have heard several people say that Solana is, is leading the future of, of development and scale for the blockchain ecosystem. And, and they, they tout Solana as, as a leader in the space, uh, including Tim Reiner, who's a technical uh, consultant for Gamify. And okay. you just confirmed that in just this short five to 10 minute explanation of, <laughs> of the importance and the inevitability of, of evolution for blockchain. You know, just like, uh, you know, we had Web 1.0, Web 2.0, and 2.0 created uh, cookies and, and the social aspect and, and arguably mobile to a certain extent. And, yeah. and that, that kind of created another layer of, of experience around the web. What you're talking about is is a, a leaps and bounds of above and beyond what we have now in the gaming ecosystem. Like, And, and I know that Solana does so many other verticals, but at yep. least in gaming, like that, that's a no-brainer for developers. Why wouldn't they want that? Yeah. But the cool thing is that because we're not limited to just gaming, I... Uh, those other things, like a lot of things, if you just like squint your eye, you're like, oh, actually, that's fun. <laughs> if you like, look like, like a DeFi kingdom, it's not a fauna, but like that kind of thing, it's like, what is that? Is that gaming? Is that DeFi? Because you're earning, you know? And so a lot of these things, when you start squinting your eyes, you're like, oh, well, if somebody produces some really cool DAO infrastructure, like Guild would definitely want to use that. And so that, and that, and that, that's what it's enabled. Like any innovation anywhere can be used anywhere else on Solana, like seamlessly, frictionlessly. It's pretty cool. Incredible, incredible. <laughs> Take a minute for some questions. Um, if you're on LinkedIn, please send them in the chat. Uh, Matt and I can read those questions here. We'll get those answers for you. If you are in the Discord server, if you want to raise your hand, I promote you to the stage. And after the, the Q&A session here, we'll talk about the importance of building ecosystem and, and uh, things like grants and hackathons that you all are involved with and, and why that that's going to help take ecosystem adoption to the next level. Um, and, but while we wait on questions, just some some uh, housekeeping items here. Again, this is the Gamify Everything podcast. It's powered by Gamify. It's an audio launch pad for everything Gamify. So that's the metaverse, blockchain games, esports. Um, anything that, that has gamification attached to it, Gamify is the platform to help bring those ideas to reality uh, by using a combination of the, the ecosystem partners and, and access to capital, legal support, things of that nature. Um, definitely kind of think Kickstarter, but for crypto companies. And I'm excited to share that uh, we, we have staking available on the platform. Now you can earn up to 225% APY by staking your GMI tokens. So if you have some Gamify tokens and you're sitting on them, you want to make your money, make money. That's an opportunity for you. Uh, so while we wait on questions, I guess we can go ahead and, and shift gears to talk about ecosystem and the things that you're doing. Apparently I need to talk less loud. Hear from my my uh, guests here on the other side of the door. My kids <laughs> talk a little bit about uh, the things that, that you all are doing to kind of create an entire ecosystem, not just your platform per yeah. se, but but the entire ecosystem. 
Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, yeah, this is <laughs> what I do every day. So uh, there's a bunch of things that anybody in the ecosystem shares uh, as like a, a subtle challenge. One's just tooling, you know, uh, and that's not just specific to Solana. Like having really easy wallet flows and things like that. Um, that's getting a wallet where you have a key pair that is like really that, that is both secure but easy to easily onboarded. So it's not just a bunch of just like random numbers and letters. Or, you know, that, not random, but like. That's you know, so like where that's understandable, what that is. Uh, there's a couple of really cool companies that were enabled. One is called uh, uh, Web Off, Web3 Off. Yeah, that is. It used to be called Tor.us, T O R.us. Now it's called Web3 Off. And they're doing this thing where you basically have two Web2 logins and it will do things on the back end for you, like generate your key pair. And it's like I, w- I would call it like Web 2.75 if you want to like it, like meme about it. Like it's not, it's 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 almost all the way decentralized, even though it's using. Uh, other web logins. And the cool thing about this is if you're already using those logins for your site, you just add their SDK. I'm super bullish on this kind of thing. It's really easy um, uh, plug and play to get somebody a good wallet through existing um, auth solutions. Um, so it's like enabling things like that. Uh, and again, they, they, and they're not Solana exclusive. I'm, I'm not going to totally show Solana here. It's like they're, they're doing good work all over the place. Um, uh, and it's also just like all the connections to all the game engines, which uh, is very much happening through SDKs. Everybody, everybody's got their own flavor. So it's uh, one of the cool, yeah, one of the things in Solana is we are very much a decentralized uh, thing. We don't have a central studio that's building all these very specific things. We don't compete against our uh, uh, our, our, our our network. So we, in our in our ecosystem, so uh, a lot of the tools that we're helping enable on Solana are building tools other places. So and that's great. Uh, we're, we're totally fine with that. We, we, we want the ecosystem to flourish and, you know, players to see how much value there is. So, yeah, wallets and how they integrate with, with engines and uh, how they sync with the live service backends, which is the main challenge with gaming. That's mildly unique. Any any sort of, like, live service where you're not going to put, like, AWASD on the blockchain. Um, you may be able to put a lot of things in the blockchain, but you're not going to put, like, everything that the game is rendering and all that stuff. Eventually, you might be able to do some sort of de- decentralized compute. But anytime you're, like, batching anything that doesn't work for games. Um, uh, yeah, so it's, like, about building out that ecosystem. And there's, like, just, like, kind of, like, more uh, geopolitical stuff, like, how how are iOS and Android going to be do- doing some of this stuff? If there's, like, trading that's kind of interacting with their site or the, their apps, but they're not directly on the apps, uh, you know, being able to navigate that with some of the other major players in the space. Uh, and then even more than that, the completely closed ecosystems that are the consoles. How do you do that? <laughs> because yeah. you can't even open up a web browser in a, in a traditional way. Like I so like on iOS and Android, like right t- today on the Phantom Mobile, which is like the main, one of the main Solana wallets, you can pull up a web page and just fully functioning. It's like a, a, a MetaMask kind of experience on your desktop web. You can do that right in your iOS uh, Phantom Wallet right now today and buy stuff. So it's how is that going to be viewed by iOS? If you're Apple and you're listening, please, please, be, please be kind. Uh, uh, yeah. So like, what, what's what's going to happen there? Um, so yeah, it's like kind of leading that 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 initial exploration. I'll call it. Yeah, and then on consoles, just like yeah, having positive conversations. I think a lot of this will just be showing people that this is actually a really positive space, and it's. Uh, you know, people are, there's a lot of value creation that's going to come from this in a very good way and mm-hmm. uh, showing consoles that light too and be kind of, being kind of communicating. Because like, um, this isn't sort of like some sort of leak. Like the, the space is not that small. Like everybody that has been in it for a while knows people at these places. 
So, you know, just having, trying to have legitimate conversations with, with everybody that, that works there and kind of help that navigation. I think that's kind of the main buckets. Can you, can you talk about uh, the, the value that you've seen from creating grants and hackathons? And if, I don't know if this is on, I didn't see it on the site. So if this is, this is carpet for the horse, uh, something that's more gaming focused from your side to drive yeah. more adoption from gaming to feed into the rest of the ecosystem. Yeah. So grants, uh, we tend to not do as much grants as some of our the other L1 and L2 competitors. Uh, lots of reasons for that. Uh, I'm happy to get into, I, it's nothing bad. I don't think anybody's uh, being untoward. Uh, uh, or anything, but it's just um, the economic incentive is not already there, and we already think that it's like as we've been kind of talking about this whole time. We don't want to like add on to that, you know. We kind of want to make sure that there's some self selection here, and we just want to make sure that we're not giving grants to any projects that aren't like super set up for success. Which I know is kind of the antithesis, right? And I know that, and like we've actually had people get frustrated with us, like there's so much money going around or whatever. I want, you know, why don't we need to get we need to get a grant to go off the ground. Um, but it's like it's this weird thing where we if we help start helping supporting like we're very decentralized. Anybody can build on us and whatever. There's already like a great possibility of there's scams, uh, and that's just the, the reality of the situation. Uh, so we don't want to actually perpetuate scams by giving grants. What we do, like I, as you as your your the second part of your question, which was we what we think is way more healthy is instead of grants, we have rewards at the end of uh, hackathon. So the one I was talking about at the start of this call, actually, I'm not sure if that was off the call or on the call, but we're in the middle of a, a salon hackathon <laughs> and we have a gaming track. Uh, and it's about a month and a half uh, where uh, two of our like main devs around NFTs and gaming are going around and like just helping, uh, you know, Bartosh and Jordan uh, are going around and like holding office hours at these places and you can kind of accelerate your development. We're seeing some people go from idea to Mainnet in, in 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 five days and just mm-hmm. just just crushing it because you have support network you have a bunch of people building there uh, you know a couple hundred devs at these places uh, and there's a, there's a there's a few different tracks so one of them is gaming so that's why I'm going to them helping the game builders build their things and at the end of the at the end of it there's a grant process it's like you give a month and a half uh, and uh, yeah but it's more like a reward at that point because you've shown that you you can build you can get uh, you know, alignment across whatever team you're building and stuff like that. Uh, and we view that as been very healthy. We've seen some really cool stuff coming out of that. Um, yeah, and we have a bunch of other things planned around that, like mini accelerators. There's a bunch of community-run stuff that we also support through through grants. Um, but it's usually not through a white paper, I guess, is the difference between our ecosystem and others. Which I, I, I don't mean to meme up people. Like, I understand why people yeah, 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 yeah. There is There are scaling things. Like, some... some there are, there's so many games that are kind of interested in this now that it, you're, a lot of us are kind of overloaded on, on these, like that of these L1s and L2s that are, you know, primed for gaming that have, you know, performance and stuff. I, uh, yeah, so the, the, we are inundated. So I can understand. I'm not being critical. Like it's just hard to have enough hours in the day. So at some point you just have to make wherever your cutoff is, but ours just tends to be a little bit higher because, um, yeah, there's, there's you're, further, you're further, further down the value chain. Basically. Yeah, exactly. I, I have a question about the hackathons. I spent a little bit of time reading about that. Is it is it you have to start a brand new project and then integrate it with Solana, or is it uh, creating? Sorry, I got a Discord call coming in here. No, it's loud. <laughs> it is quite loud. Apologize for that. Yeah. <laughs> I have to figure out how to mute those while I'm on the middle yeah. of it. 
There is a setting. I don't. I don't know where it is. I don't. I don't do this enough. Okay. <laughs> I do know it's there. It's there though. <laughs> anyway, so right there, there, there's some <laughs> bonus content for everyone viewing. Uh, uh, is it just projects that are starting from ground zero and want to integrate Solana, or do you, you create space for, let's say, game studios that may want to augment their existing offering with Solana? Is, are, okay. is the latter not a good fit? Okay. No, it's all of the above. No, you can have it. We bet. So it's it's a month and a half kind of acceleration window. It's not necessarily, and that's just like when we go around. It's not like hard and fast. Like you have to show that your GitHub was zero, and then you went to whatever. I, uh, but yeah, it's just like a period of time in which we're actively looking and supporting uh, with uh, engineers. These are engineers that help define a lot of our NFT protocols and stuff like that. So this is like just the time that hey, they're available during this time, and then they'll learn. They'll learn a lot, and then after the hackathon is over, they'll apply some of these things and like. Uh, you know, apply those knowledge by, um, you know, enhancing the ecosystem by building whatever on-chain programming, uh, on-chain, like, smart contracts. We call them programs um, and stuff like that. So that's kind of how it works. Uh, so it's like and, and the requirement there is that, that it's open source, right? Whatever the solution is you're looking at for the hackathon can't be for a, a privately owned or for-profit business. It's, it's, it's not proprietary. Okay. No, no, you can put, you can, I mean, games are almost by definition not going to be open source. So it's fine. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, the more you open source, the more like grant possibilities there are, but it's not a requirement. I mean, we, yeah, the games, we don't, we, we don't expect games to have to open source after they're done. Um, I mean, we obviously, any, any tooling they built around that connection to Solana, that would be lovely. Um, but it's not right. Super cool. Super cool. So we've just got about another 10 minutes or so left here in the show. If anyone has any questions here in Discord, again, or in LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn, type it in the chat. Matt and I can see it. Discord, if you want to raise your hand, we bring you up to the stage. You can ask a question live. We'll just give just a few moments for that. While we're waiting on that, can you talk about the schedule of, of upcoming events you'll be attending in case anyone happens to be? I know ETH Denver is coming up here. Is that next week? I don't know if you're attending that or not. Uh, I am not attending that. I think it technically starts tomorrow or something. Okay. The 20th. All the I days are really good in the full day. swing. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but I have prioritized skiing. <laughs> if you can imagine. Uh, so there's a, I'm at Seattle Hackathon right now. So I, our, our hackathon's going through to March 17th. So they were going to a bunch of countries. I'm, I'm not going to, uh, we're going to, I think, uh, I don't know the exact order. I forget. I can link them if anybody's interested. Uh, you can actually just search Solana Hackathon or Hacker House uh, Riptide, and then you'll get to some of the um, uh, stuff. And I, we're, we're going to, I mean, there's some COVID restriction stuff, so I don't exactly, we might have had to cancel some of these, I'm sorry. I think Hong Kong actually had to get canceled because they tightened the restrictions to foreigners. Mm -hmm. um, but like Singapore, uh, Dubai, Prague, Russia, I think this is out of order, sorry. Um, yeah, so I think there's four, four more and uh, for the next month. And I and said there's a bunch of community ones. So uh, there's one in Taipei that was like really popular. I think it was around 75 devs there, just completely community run. There's another one run uh, in Salt Lake City. That's where I'll be going. <laughs> it's the skiing comment. Uh, and so we'll, it's called actually called Mountain Dao. Uh, there's no like explicit Dao setup. It's just kind of a fun name, but it's right. very much like a Solana uh, hack. So I'll be there uh, till the end of. Uh, uh, end of February, and then I guess the next thing there's, there's in the, the Bahamas, FTX is hosting a hackathon, which is um, 
think the second to last week of April. I don't know the exact dates, uh, but just look at FTX uh, hackathon. And then Fractal. Oh, I guess yeah. Here's a gaming specific one. So yeah. Fractal.is started by Justin Khan, who's a co-founder of Twitch. They mm-hmm. are doing a hackathon specifically around incentivizing people to use their Fractal. So this is another e- interesting model, very similar to the on the scenes. What is dropped? I, I, I. Fractals, so like it's NFTs are very pretty. They're like little snowflakes. So yeah, fractals, little stars. Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fractals occur in nature, so they, uh, they, it, yeah, dropped a little like yeah, uh, stars and snowflakes or whatever. Uh, and so they want to, and they have stats attached to them. They have a lot, bunch of like metadata attached to them. So they want people to build on top of those, fun mini games, or just uh, tooling to easily integrate those into a existing games, um, things like that. I don't know the exact dates on that, but just. Uh, I'll probably be involved in that in some way. Okay, yeah. And it, it, as you get that information, if you want to send it over to me, I'll be sure to get that information out. Uh, you know, on LinkedIn and Facebook, the various communities. I, I'm glad to see that Justin has been such a, a proponent and advocate for the space, and, and obviously, like his his resume speaks for itself. Yeah. Uh, he's been quite bullish, and, and starting some of those conversations, we need to have. I think more gaming industry. Uh, I'll call him a veteran in, in the grand scheme of, of what's happening in the esports space. Sure, um, a gaming and esports space. Speak more positively about it, and be willing to have those tough conversations as well. And, and that's what I, I love about this podcast and, and the gamify community. We're not saying everything's happening the best way. Uh, obviously, there are some pitfalls. We're willing to acknowledge those pitfalls and, and discuss how we can make improvements from them, so we can build a more sustainable and accessible ecosystem. I have the announcement of the fractal. Where should I post it? If you, uh, I don't know if you, you're plugged into the LinkedIn, but if you want to send it into the chat here, I am on the LinkedIn live feed and I'll post it there. That's the announcement. I don't know if they have all the uh, dates and everything set, but just follow this information in there and how to follow it. Oh, here you go. Oh, yeah. Submit by February 19th. So you still have a couple of weeks. Um, and then they'll have it somewhere around there. Excellent. Thanks, David, for joining in from Ocala. Uh, Samar, thank you for joining for Pakistan on LinkedIn. Bob Cooney uh, and more talking esports in the upcoming webinar. So uh, Bob Cooney has been in the, the entertainment space, uh, physical retail, not retail, but entertainment facility space for his entire career. He's got an event coming up in the next week, I believe. Um, actually, I'll be speaking on one of those panels truth about esports. So we'll be talking about like the opportunity um, in esports and VR, but also like the myth of esports and VR. <laughs> so it should, should be a lively conversation, to say the least. Well, we're running, a, again, a little bit short on time. So before we go, uh, first, thank you for your time, Matt. You've been very generous with it, especially given that you're three hours behind, so it's, it's early morning, your time. Where can people connect with you for, if they have any follow-up questions, they want to learn more about uh, Solana, the stuff that you're doing, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, and for me, I'm basically either Matt Sorg on, on LinkedIn, but if you kind of just like tweak your head and like flip those around, T-A-M-G-R-O-S, kind of like my name backwards, backwards. I, uh, but with one T, so T-A-M-G-R-O-S, uh, that's LinkedIn, uh, sorry, not LinkedIn, but it's uh, Twitter, uh, know, Telegram, uh, basically everything, Instagram, <laughs> my gamer handle if you want to see my achievements over time. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, Thank you for your time. We didn't have any questions come in, but uh, you, you just shared your contact information. People can certainly follow up with you. If they have any direct questions. 
Uh, our next episode of the podcast will be next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, featuring Bobby, the, the Kunta MC. He works in kind of the hybrid uh, meeting space, so both in real life and metaverse, kind of you know bridging the gaps. So that's that's what you all can look forward to next week. Thanks again for your time, Matt. Thank you all for joining us both in Discord and on LinkedIn. Uh, and very soon you'll find this episode available wherever you enjoy your favorite podcast. That's uh, iTunes, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, that's the end of the episode. So thank you for your time. We'll talk to you again. See you later, friends.